This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to the weekend edition of Double Tap. And today we're giving you the chance to hear our conversation once again with Mike Buckley from Be My Eyes and Hans Weiberg, the founder of the company. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest. Happy weekend. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited today because we're giving people a chance to hear this conversation again. Uh, You know, it was a very popular conversation that we had with Mike Buckley, CEO of Be My Eyes, and also Hans Weiberg. The founder of Be My Eyes. I don't know why I say it like that. I don't know, me. The founder. Fantastic. Both of them. Yeah. It was an amazing interview. I was really impressed. It now, deserves you, a replay. It does. And, and you've been playing with the uh, the beta, as have yes. I. Yes. Uh, how are you finding it? I am so impressed. Are you, are you zapping so pictures cool. of absolutely everything? I am. I'm testing <laughs> everything. And actually, it was a feature that you told me about the other day, which I didn't know was there where you can, using the share uh, sheet, you can just tap on any image and have it instantly put into the uh, virtual volunteer. Mm. So, um, yeah, we did that because we posted up, my partner posted up a um, a picture on Facebook. She's doing this stand-up to cancer, walking the dog every day, 60 miles in April. Well done. Very yes, good. Very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. And she posted a picture. She does it every day of, you know, out and about with the dog. And Facebook, um, or I don't know if it's the Facebook or it's iOS, it, it, when it gives the um, AI image description, it said it was a deer in the woods or something. So, <laughs> you know what? Let's, <laughs> excellent. As reliable as ever. Yeah. So let's run that through the Be My Eyes virtual volunteer. And it said there was um, a dog running in certain grass and it gave so much more detail. And then it said, the tone of the p- picture is peaceful and tranquil. Wow. And I thought, you know what? It, it, it's just that extra level. It was really Jeez, impressive. impressive. Yeah, yeah, that is impressive. Even giving you the tone of the image. I wonder what any image I am in yes. would be considered. Angry and hungry. <laughs> <laughs> the tone is aggression. <laughs> i got to say, I did the old um, Chinese takeaway menu as well. That was on my notice board. And that was so impressive. Yeah. You know, tell me the price of the chicken, uh, egg fried rice or whatever it was. And it just did it. And it's that sort of thing. It just... Like you don't know. No. <laughs> Actually, I don't. I just order it and I don't care how much it is. I'm paying it. But, Apple you know, Pay, no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> and the opening times and the telephone, just being able. I mean, you know, Orcam has these sort of feature. And that's something I thought, you know, that mm. that makes it really something that I would like. Um but with this, it does exactly the same thing, and it is so cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, 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 it's incredible technology. It really is. Uh, also, just uh, important to note as well, if you want to sign up for the beta, you can now do that if you're on Android. You can actually do it in the app. So if you go into the Be My Eyes app and you're an Android user, you can actually sign up for the beta directly inside the app, which is kind of cool. Not That's available, true. I don't think, on iOS yet to do that. But you can do it on Android phones. So, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Um, so today on the show, we're going to give you the chance to hear our conversation again. But before that, I actually, it got me thinking when uh, we were chatting with Hans and Mike, that it got me kind of thinking about a previous conversation that I had with Hans way back when. Uh, because the app was launched, I don't know if you realise this, the app was actually only launched in 2015. feels like it's been around a lot longer than that. But Only? Yeah. 2015. That's seven, eight years. I know, but it doesn't feel. I think the thing is with all these things now, they feel a lot older than they actually are. It's like when someone tells you Twitter started in 2007, you go, Really? That amount of chaos <laughs> yeah. happened in such a short amount of time? True. So, yeah, 2015. And also, another interesting fact I didn't know was that within its first, I think it was its first month of being live, they amassed 10,000 users just in the first month. Yeah. And I remember this just, I remember the headlines about it in the news at the time. And in February, it was launched in January of 2015. And in February of that year, I actually spoke to Hans Werberg to find out about his reasoning for uh, setting up the business and setting up this app. It was a really interesting conversation. I thought I'd play part of that for you today. The 
concept is, is really simple, uh, and uh, I have noticed that a lot of uh, my blind friends in, in, in Denmark here, they have an iPhone, and uh, we came up with this uh, idea that you should uh, be able to uh, get a volunteer to uh, to be your eyes. Uh, and are you blind yourself, Hans? I am visually impaired. Uh, I have a retinitis pigmentosa, uh, and I have about uh, five degrees of uh, sight left, uh, where you normally have a 180 degree. Uh, I have uh, five degrees. So, and I am a chairman for the the blind. Uh, Association of the blind people here in in my region of of Denmark. Um, so yes, I am visually impaired. So this is um, this is something for you, which is a bit of a labour of love for yourself, but but mm, it actually has yeah. a personal end yeah. for you as well, I guess. I, I used to say to my uh, coders that they should uh, finish this before I need it myself. Uh, so <laughs> and uh, they they have, and I <laughs> I'm uh, thankful for that. When you started out on this. You know, you sat down mm. and you said, "Right, we're going to develop this app, and we're going to make it great, and and that's wonderful." Did you ever think that you would? You know, I mean, the apps are launched every day on on the App Store. Uh, did you ever think you would get the, the the level of interest that you've got from around the world, from media, from from no. <laughs> all over the, the place? No, no, no way. Uh, what what we we were thinking was that uh, we should ask. Uh, I should go out and ask my my blind friends. To download this, and then I, they should ask their friends to uh, to sign in as helpers, and then I hope that we could uh, persuade uh, the blind societies in in different countries to uh, to help us spread spread the word among the blind people, and then they should every every blind person should ask their their sisters and brothers to to uh, to get this uh, running. Uh, that was uh, the way that. Uh, our plan was, <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, I don't know what happened, but uh, something <laughs> happened, <laughs> and now yes. it is uh, all over the place. Yes, that was back in 2015. Just oh. learning from Hans all about you know how he got started there with the app. Everything about Hans and Mike it just impresses me. Everything about this app impresses me. How it started. I mean. Yeah, how many of us have ideas? I wouldn't have. I wouldn't even know how to get started if I had an idea. <laughs> no, uh, you know. But actually, having the idea and having the motivation and talent to actually see it through to the end is absolutely amazing. And oh, didn't you sound so cute there, Stephen Scott? Oh, you sounded like a, baby. a Muppet baby, Stephen Scott. There, it was Muppet gorgeous, baby. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> Anyway, uh, to our conversation that we had uh, this week with Mike Buckley, actually last week, I should say, uh, with Mike Buckley and Hans Weiberg, as I talked to them all about uh, this new virtual volunteer feature. And I started asking Mike about uh, the relationship and how it was formed between Be My Eyes and OpenAI. Yeah, uh, thank you, Stephen. And first of all, thanks for having us. And I apologize. I'm, I'm I'm nursing a little bit of a cold. So if I sound odd, I apologize or if I cough. <laughs> apologies to the listeners. Um, I had approached OpenAI uh, in late December, early January to talk about ways of doing work together. I, I thought that there were potentially useful applications of the technology for our community. Um, but the talks really weren't going anywhere until they called me on, I think it was February 2nd or February 1st, I can't recall. And they said, hey, Mike, can you keep a secret? And I said, sure. I, do, we, do I need to sign an NDA or what, what do I need? And they said, no, don't worry about paperwork. It's more about, you know, trust with us. And they told me about the tool. Um, they gave me a demo to play with. And they said, will you be our launch partner? And not only that, you'll be our only launch partner on the visual recognition tool. And I said, look, I'm very excited about this. So let me get back to you. And I called hands and I called some of our uh, other team members and let them play with the tool. And I went back to them the next day and I said, look, we, we really want to do this, but there's something that you need to know about our philosophy and our community. And that is that we provide our services for free. Is that okay with us? Are you going to charge us a lot of money? Are you going to charge the community a lot of money? And they said, no, that's fine. We'll work with you under those parameters. And we were off to the races. And five and a half weeks later, we, we launched the product. And it's been a, a remarkable, remarkable experience. I can't believe it happened so quick. That's incredible. It was, um, it was definitely a sprint. 
and we had a we had a, a few false steps, as you would imagine. But um, I, I'm really incredibly proud of our engineering team, Stephen, um, who took this seriously. We, we dropped everything else as a company, right? Mm. Because you have to. And, uh, and, and they built a beautiful UI and uh, incorporated voiceover, right? Which is obviously a must for our community and uh, made this, at least according to the beta testers to this point, a very easy uh, experience. So, Hans, I mean, from your perspective on all of this, being the, the founder of this fantastic app and, and being a huge part of its future, I mean, Be My Eye started off as essentially an application. You and I talked, I remember at the beginning when we, you and I talked about how this app was developed and it was really a way to help people through volunteers, through people who just gave their time. Technology has really caught up with that in a big way. Well, what's your take on all this? Well, <laughs> uh when when Mike called me and said that there was somebody who had developed this uh, feature where you can uh, get the picture described, I was like, "Yeah, we have seen that. It, it's it's interesting, but it's not really working that well." Uh, but then I got to play around with it, and then, whoa, this <laughs> this is something else. Um, so I was very very uh, excited. Um, and and of course we we also spoke about this. Uh, what about our volunteers and, and so on? And but we also uh, immediately realized that um, we we do have a, a quite a group that is hesitating to call uh, a human being, uh, and I'm sure they will love this feature. But we also have a big group that would rather talk to a real human being, uh, where they can have this back and forth and ask questions and and uh, have the guidance um, that you can get from a, a real person, uh, and also the the small talk that goes with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so we we absolutely have uh, a need for this feature for a, a large group, but we also have another group that will will absolutely stick to the the live volunteers. Uh, so this is something we have needed. Uh, always. Um, and I'm super, super proud that we are uh, in the forefront of, of this uh, amazing development. So, mm. And Mike, you know, you mentioned about the fact you had contacted OpenAI, and I think this is quite interesting for a lot of our listeners to learn about that, that essentially why you would have contacted them, because I think a lot of people think that Be My Eyes is what it is, and it does a fantastic job. And of course, you've done incredible work at Be My Eyes, bringing on companies and specialist support, as well as having the human volunteers. So I think it was a little bit of a surprise for a lot of people that suddenly it was in, you know, moving into this world of AI and bringing in this new technology as it did. And obviously having this partnership with OpenAI. But the fact that you made that call, does that tell us that you were thinking ahead on this as well. You were looking at what ChatGPT was doing. Is this something you were kind of thinking, hey, we need to get into the into this space? I don't know that I that I knew that, Stephen. I mean, I don't, and I certainly don't want to take a lot of credit for something that I didn't really anticipate. But what I will tell you is this. Our mission is to make the world more accessible for the 250 million plus people who are blind and low vision globally. And if you look at the advancements in AI, some of which appear as though they're going to be quite profound on a societal level, you know, you have to believe that there was the potential to help our community. That combined with kind of the data that we have from our, from our, our community about barriers to usage made me make the call. And, and, and I'll share that data with you. We, we, we did a poll of our users and 23% of them said that they didn't make a call because they don't want to take a volunteer away from someone else who might need them more, hmm. right? Which means we, we've done a poor job of communicating how, how, how many excess volunteers we have. But it was interesting to me. It also speaks volumes about uh, the kindness of our community generally, right? Yeah. Um, the second barrier to usage was I have discomfort with calling a, a, a stranger who's a volunteer or a paid agent. And, you know, the people that we talked to said, what, what if my kitchen's messy? What if I didn't make my bed that day? You know, maybe I just don't want someone in my house. And then the third reason was, and this is the third highest mentioned was, I feel less independent when I have to call another person. And so mm. you have to believe when you see that, that you've got to think about ways to change your product or augment your service 
to help people overcome those very legitimate barriers, right? And what we've seen now through just the beta test of this launch is this not only addresses those barriers, but also just provides a choice, right? That's all we want. We want our community to have a choice to, um, and, and the power, Stephen, right? To take care of their own needs in any way that they choose. And that's really what this is about. Yeah, no one's no one's going to accuse you of trying to get rid of volunteers because what would be the point? <laughs> there's no <laughs> there's no value in that, right? I mean, it ultimately it is about choice, and you know, I think that's the great thing about this because, of course, you can see that you know you've got this fantastic base of volunteers. Now, I'm I'm right in saying, am I still right in saying that the number of volunteers significantly outweigh the number of blind and partially sighted users? Is that right? Yeah, there are about 6.3 million volunteers and about wow. half a million people who are blind or low vision. Which is, is incredible when you think about it. There are 6.3 million people at this point. It's the largest digital volunteer organization in the world. And you know what's also incredible, and I'm, I know you will see this all the time, but every time I smile when I see a tweet from someone who says, oh, I just got my first Be My Eyes call today. <laughs> I helped someone do this. And, you know, they were so thankful and I was so pleased to help. It just, it's its all feel good. There's nothing negative about it. And I have to say, I don't think I've ever heard a bad experience either, which again is incredible. You know, every every call I've ever made on Be My Eyes has been a positive one. And it's helped me. And even when, so, I remember once, and you wouldn't even call it a negative, it was just someone who was in a rush, who answered the call clearly, maybe too quickly. And they said, I'm really sorry. I can't, and I said, no problem, no problem. But thank you for taking the call. Because, you know, what you're doing is so important. And I think that person was really upset. They had to jump on their train to get to where they were <laughs> yeah. going because they kind of really wanted to help out. And that says a lot about the people. But when it comes to the AI, this is interesting because this is a problem which I don't think a lot of people fully understood. Even in our own community, I think a lot of people who, who were using Be My Eyes weren't even thinking about those who were really nervous about picking up their phone and using Be My Eyes as a service. So that's really interesting. In that survey, did you ask people about AI and if they would use that to communicate? We didn't. Um, this was this was several months ago, so it was really before we were aware of this. But we will go out and uh, report back to you and others uh, what they say. We've also, uh, Stephen, made a commitment to release a public report about the beta test with, you know, warts and all, um, good, you know, good use cases, bad use cases, what's working and not based on uh, the beta testers feedback. Uh, Hans, you know, from your point of view, again, this is just an incredible improvement and, you know, another great choice when it comes to the way that we as blind people can get assistance. Well, uh, yes. Um, and uh, what um, really, really fascinates me about is the, the that you can you can not only get something described, but you can actually ask questions uh, back to uh, the uh, description uh, and, and get some further information about uh, something specific. Um, uh, I, I took a picture of uh, two cartons uh, that I had in my grits, and and I uh, uh, asked uh, which one is the milk. And how much fat does it contain? Uh, or th I think I, it was the yogurt I asked, <laughs> but nevertheless. Um, and, and the answer came back with, uh, it's the yogurt on the right, and uh, it contains 3.5% uh, uh, fat. Um, and I could have asked, what color are these? Uh, or uh, something like, uh, what brand is it? Or something, but, but I could ask a specific question to this picture, and, and I got exactly that answer. Um, and, and that's just uh, mind-blowing, I think. Um, and also, um, I took a picture of my remote control, <laughs> and um, and I got a description of every single button. Uh, I mean, I have some super smart friends, but none of them would be able to <laughs> explain all, all. I mean, we all have these uh, 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 remote consoles with uh, 500 buttons, and, and we have no idea. We can uh, turn the volume up and down, yes. basically. Um, and, and so so sometimes it, it's uh, way better than uh, any human being. Uh, but in, in, if I need to turn on my washing machine, uh, then I would absolutely like to have a real person uh, who can uh, tell me, okay, you need to turn the, the dial uh, three knots down and, and now it is uh, on uh, 60 
degrees or whatever. Um, so, so there is a place for, for both these uh, things. Uh, but as Mike said, now you have the choice uh, and you can do what fits you in in, in one specific uh, situation. Um, and the fact that we can do it for free is um, that has always been uh, the philosophy about Be My Eyes because we, we know that, yeah, the, the blind people in Denmark and uh, UK and, and so on, they might be able to, to pay uh, for uh, services, uh, but most blind people in this world, they don't have that choice. Um, so, so that's why we also want to uh, provide this uh, service for free uh, to everybody. Yeah, I, I mean, Hans, you talk about, you know, your first experience of this. And I know myself, you know, when you bring OCR or you bring any kind of AI into the world, you know, I, I remember trying one of my with my wife years ago, an app called AI Poly, which I think is no more. And um, I pointed the camera at my wife's face and it told me she was a Labrador. Now, you can imagine how well that went down. And, uh, you know, I must say, Mike, I did learn my sofa is very comfortable to sleep on. But, um, you know, that's the, that's the downside of AI, right? But, but that, was, that was like 10 years ago, right? And who would think that in 10 years, even in 10 years, although things move very quickly, to get to the level that we've gotten to, this company, OpenAI, have done an incredible job here building this technology. And I think it's wonderful that, you know, you guys have partnered in the way you have because it shows what's capable. There is something interesting, though, about how whenever this new technology seems to come out these days, blind and partially sighted people tend to be at the front of the queue, which is kind of unusual. What do you think, Mike? I think it's about time, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting, you know, Hans has this point that he makes all the time to our team about how... This is blind people leading right now, which is awesome. And, and we ev literally almost every day we, we talk about this as, as a responsibility that we have, right, to make sure that our community bends this technology to their needs. Um, Stephen, I'm sure you've had a lot more experience with this than I have, but I have gotten story after story after story from members of the community who talk about, I am sick and tired of having technology thrust upon me, mm -hmm. right? You know, oh, you've given this to me. No, no, why don't you do this with me, right? Yeah. So our design and iteration philosophy on this is to make sure that we're moving thoughtfully and cautiously with direct impact uh, feedback every day from members of the community. We, we want to build this with the community to make sure it's truly serving their needs. So let's dig in a little bit to the, the tech itself and how this actually works. At the moment, everything's in closed beta. So you have to be on the beta program to get access to Virtual Volunteer, which is this new service, which will be rolling out. When do we think? Do we, do we have a date when it may become public? I hope it's a couple of months, Stephen, but I'm, I'm hedging because it's really going to be dependent on the feedback of the community and the data that we see. We need to make sure it's working and, and that it's safe, et cetera. And so, um, but I hope a couple of months. Okay, so for people who haven't seen this yet or, or, or are trying to get their head around how this works, you're essentially uploading an image or a number of images, and then you're querying information about those images, correct? Exactly. So talk us through that. So, so in your case, Hans, you took an image, you took a picture of the cartons of milk. Then you just ask a question like you would ask a volunteer, I guess. Yes, uh, and if you're a little lazy, you can just... Uh prompt in a question mark uh, and then sub submit oh, really? <laughs> and then, and, and then <laughs> see, see see what happens um but you can also you can you can ask uh, what are the colors of this uh, shirt or which one is the yellow one uh, uh if, if you kind of know what uh, but but you can also uh, hey I, I would like to know what's actually on this picture have i taken a usable uh, picture and then you can start with a description and then you can say oh okay yeah uh, it's a picture of uh, uh, three shirts on a bed and then you can say okay which one is the, ye the yellow one for instance or what color are they or something like that um, so um, and it, it's yeah super super simple yeah mm. now obviously like i say everything's in beta at the moment i keep saying that because you know things can change and you know obviously the way you you present this can change dependent on how the the feedback goes and everything else but i, I do want to ask about data because everyone's concerned about data and Rightly so, I think. Privacy and all the rest. And, and I think this leads to a, an interesting discussion around what we would use this for. First off, where is the, the picture that I'm taking? And when it goes into that app, where does it go? 
Does it does it go to the cloud? Does it go for processing? How does that work? Yes, and then and then uh, we don't store the image currently. I don't know if we're going to do that in the future. I think it's really going to be dependent, Stephen, on if we think that storage will help us create a better tool over. But yes, it goes to the cloud, and then and then you prompt it, and then the information comes back that way. Um, there, there are. I do want to answer all the questions about data, but there are other things about the technology as to to why the picture is superior. So I hope we can get back to that. But yeah, of course, I don't, I don't want to duck this question. So um, the the other thing that I would say about data is if you look at what OpenAI has done in other areas, I think that they're moving in a really encouraging direction here. Right. They just announced a a week or two ago, for example, that they are making it um, opt-in only for developers if they want to share their data or not. And so um, I I think we're not seeing a move on their part to kind of capture everything or suck up everything uh, into their systems. And they're really going to make that about uh, different companies and different developers' choices, which seems to me a really smart move, not only for our community, but just generally. But you're right when you say that there is a challenge here because you do have to have data in order to improve the entire system. That's how these things improve. You know, the reason our Amazon Echoes are smart and continue to be smart is because it listens to our voice, analyzes what we say, not in any nefarious way. It does it in order to improve itself. It's part of the reason, I think, why... We've had issues with Siri for so many years because it doesn't do that, arguably around privacy. So it's, it's that balancing act I think we have to strike. Uh, as companies have to strike, I think, more importantly. 100%. It's about transparency too, right, Stephen? Well, right? that's right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, you go right back part. to the choice, right? Like, like, like there are certain services in my life where I see a value exchange where I'm willing to give up a certain amount of data, right, because of the value that I receive from the product or service. And so... As long as it's transparent and as long as the person on the other end of the equation has a choice, I, I feel a lot more comfortable. So that leads me to my next question around data and privacy, because you know one of the things that we talked about, Hans and I, you've, you and I have talked about this before when uh, we first talked about Be My Eyes years ago. Um, I remember us talking about the situations you would use Be My Eyes in. So for example... I've got a bank statement in front of me and I want to query what the balance is on this bank statement. And the general advice at the time from Be My Eyes was, yeah, do you know what? You're talking to a volunteer. We don't verify them. We can't be sure that, you know, we don't know what's going on in the other end of that call. So, you know, truth be told, things like that, very personal, private stuff that could identify you, that could identify location or identify bank details, you probably don't want to do. When it comes to the open AI side of it, this is something which I can totally see, me especially, wanting to use this for. Will it be safe to do that? Would you advise that? To be honest, um, I I don't exactly know right now. Uh, I, I wouldn't do it uh, in, in the beta test uh, uh, at all. Uh, but I hope we can bring this to a position where we can... Uh, advise people to do that because that would be a great way to uh, to get these kind of information um, uh, but I am simply not able to uh, I don't know if you Mike uh, can 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 we give a straight answer to that question uh, as it is right now I don't think so but Stephen I hope we get there right like and if you if we get to a system where there's a mutual agreement and a definitive path where the data is not stored anywhere think about the freedom that that's going to give yeah. And the power that that's going to give, you know, Hans and I talk about this all the time and, and he and I have not been doing a lot of sleeping these days because <laughs> we just, we keep coming up with other use cases and other ideas and ways that this needs to be deployed for the community. And, you know, I, it's, it's, um, it's, it's an overwhelming kind of feeling that we have right now because I, it feels like we're on the verge of a profound societal shift here. And, we may be able to, in, in the not very distant future, create kind of a highly personalized digital assistant for multiple facets of your life. And if we can do that in a, in a privacy-protected and safe way, it's, it's, it's the greatest advance in our mission that we will have ever had in our, in our history. And so we're incredibly excited about that. And there's more to come next as we continue that conversation after this short break. This is Double Tap. 
Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air. And subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. And back to the conversation I had uh, recently with Mike Buckley, CEO of Be My Eyes, and also Hans Weiberg, the founder of Be My Eyes. We were chatting about images, and in particular, the superior image recognition capable as a result of ChatGPT4 and also our smartphones. One thing you did mention earlier that I thought was quite interesting was you talked about the, the superior image that essentially this this technology uses. Now, we're talking here the quality of the image itself, or are we talking that the way that this open AI is able to identify and analyze the image? Is that, is no, that it's, the, it's the recognition, Stephen. The recognition is leaps and bounds ahead. So my daughter was playing uh, a video game in the living room. And I stood in the corner way back and I took a picture of the entire living room and a little bit of the television. And I asked the tool, what's on the TV? And it said, it appears to be the video game Fortnite, which was developed in blah, 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 blah. A person's about to jump out of a, out of a bus. Wow. And, it, it, and then I said, can you, can you explain that to me in Hindi? And it did. <laughs> and, and, and so it's it, it, the, 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 the recognition of the, of the actual image itself is not only superior, but you combine that with a much higher degree of analytical and contextual prowess, yeah. as well as the ability to converse back and forth and acquire more information. So, yes, that picture is a box of pasta. How do I prepare it? Ten minutes to El Dante perfection, according to Barilla, <laughs> Right. Can you suggest a recipe? Yes, here's a recipe off the Barilla website. And it gives you that. And so, so it's, not, it's, it's, it's the power of the image, the added layer of context, and then the ability to have a conversation. And the, the final thing, Stephen, that I don't think we, we told you is our engineers have built in prompts where if the tool is not able to answer a question or it's not sure, it prompts the user to, to with, um, would you like to be connected with a volunteer? Because I'm not certain. Oh, that's Which is kind of brilliant. cool feature. Yeah. It's kind of cool because it, it knows when it is less than 95% sure. Uh, don't ask me how it does. <laughs> but 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 it, it kind of knows, uh, am I 95% sure of this? And if not, then you will be prompt to call a volunteer uh, to, to make sure. I mean, if this is the way it's going, this is going to be really interesting, right? I mean, it seems you can pretty much do anything you want with this GPT-4 and, and, and GPT generally. Uh, and, you know, the, the capability is just incredible. But again, it's about harnessing it, isn't it? It's about harnessing it and almost trying to tie it down into something so that it can be tangible. And I guess I wonder what that means for volunteers. Do you think that day will come where volunteers will be less utilised than, than its AI counterpart? It's certainly possible on some level, right? You know, if 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 I don't need to call someone to to get the expiration date on the carton of milk, maybe I won't, right? Um, but maybe I do prefer that human voice on the other end of the line. You know, this is, and it's really that goes back to the concept of user choice, Stephen. I, I think what happens here probably is given. Um, Given how awesome this tool is, and by the way, when I when I say that it's not chest thumping, I give credit to OpenAI for the technology. Just to be clear, um, but given how fantastic the tool is, I think you, that you're going to see a tremendous influx of people on our platform using it. And I think that the net of that will be there are as many or more calls for volunteers when they're needed as well, because I think the size of the community is going to grow. So it's my hope that volunteers actually get calls a little bit more often because they love them. Um, but at the end of the day, that's not really a choice for hands and I to make, right? Mm. That's a choice for the community to, to make about what best serves their needs. And, and, and very bluntly, if that means we disrupt ourselves and disrupt our model, so be it, if that's what the community wants. And your message to volunteers I mean, yes, we know what you're saying to the blind community, which is, look, there are choices. What do you say to volunteers today? Are you, you're still encouraging them to say, look, come on, still sign up, still get involved, still await that call? Um, I think it's, it's very important to remember, at least for now, that uh, the chat function is P 
picture uh, to text. It's not video to text. It might be. I, I expect to, to see that. Um, I don't know, uh, in a year or whatever. Um, but it is, you have to take a picture um, and a live video feed with a volunteer can do um, a lot other things that you cannot kind of do. Uh, uh, I mean, you cannot take a walk down uh, the street um, and, and have uh, uh, this chap function uh, guide you. You need a live person to do that. Uh, that might come. I don't know. But but for now, we absolutely uh, need our volunteers. And I totally agree with Mike that hopefully uh, a lot of people will uh, uh, read about Be My Eyes and, 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 and try it out and find out, oh, this uh, chat thing is uh, amazing or uh, hey I, I really like the the volunteers and how they do it and and, and we will grow our uh, community I, I have no doubt about that one other thing Stephen I think um, I think we want to do everything we can to take to take good care of our volunteers um, and we are exploring a host of ways to do that um, not the least of which is we have a new customer on our on our platform which is the uh, AARP the retirement organization in the United States and I think we can envision a lot of things down the road where where we utilize um, and serve our volunteers and 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 rely on that human kindness that they have in multiple ways that may even go beyond the community of blind and low vision. Um, that's down the road, but 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 um, I, I really hope we can pre- preserve something meaningful because the 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 true beauty of what Hans did here is, is he merged technology with human kindness, right? Mm. Um, and I think we want to try to make sure we foster that in some way over the long term. I, I do want to ask you a little bit around cost because you, you mentioned free and you want to keep the service free as, as, as much as you, I guess, can. Um, but you also do have this side of the business, which is the specialist help, the specialist support, which comes through many companies who pr- that put their own uh, services there. Let me, for example, Microsoft's Disability Answer Desk comes through Be My Eyes. So if I want to connect with someone, I use this a lot. To, you know, oh, my computer's broken down again, or it's coming up with a message it shouldn't have, or whatever it is, and I can get in touch with a, a Microsoft agent who can see it and who can deal with it, and that's brilliant. Now, those services, those uh, provisions that are available through the Be My Eyes specialist help, is that what's paying? And allowing for this partnership to continue and for us to be able to receive this for free, is that is that the business model here? Yes, very much so. And I think that we will expand those relationships in terms of the number of the companies as well as the depth. Think about the, uh, the customer service team at any of our customers, Microsoft, Google, Verizon, Barilla. Um, the, the, these folks staff large call centers, right, and link up with our app to provide this service down the road, um, I think we'll have more companies, and we're already in discussions with many based on this announcement, as, as I guess you would anticipate, um, not only to, to direct them uh, you know, efficiently to their existing customer service agents and contact centers, but we may be able to add a layer of the virtual volunteer within their contact center. Wow. Right. If you think about your, your you know, you, you talked about calling Microsoft, right, Stephen? I think it was that you were just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can imagine that a virtual volunteer has ingested every manual and user question that Microsoft has ever received, that virtual helper may be able to to assist you through your Microsoft need pretty seamlessly in the not too distant future. And so... Or at least help the agent do uh, in, in a faster exactly. or um, better way. We've got to mention the elephant in the room here, which is IRA, of course, which is the other uh, organization out there that is doing similar work in the sense that it's providing people to, you know, blind people who need them. But of course, we're paying for that service. We're paying for that in a quote unquote professional environment. Clearly, that business model is trying to do what you guys have done to some degree, I think, with your. Um, with your specialized support. And I think they're trying to do similar, but I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about where they're going. Uh, and I think a lot of people are, especially with the, the price rises. But I look at your model, and obviously it is different. I mean, I go back to this point about being able to query the bank statement. 
I'll be honest, guys. If I'm doing that, I'm doing that with Ira. Of course you are, and you should never, you should never do that. Uh, and I think we have that in in our uh, terms of agreement. And you should not show your credit card to a stranger. Um, so then you should absolutely use uh, Ira, uh, and and maybe this will affect the volume at Ira, but there will. Uh, definitely be a need for for iowa um and and also for the volunteers at, at be my eyes and 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 it is kind of similar but it's only very different uh, so it's also very different so i think there is a place for for both uh, models and, and and so on uh, we might have to adjust uh, to the reality in, in in the future but but i'm i'm certain there will absolutely be a, a need for for ira as well um, and, and we should also say in fairness that people don't just use ira for checking bank statements or credit cards they also use them for mobility for getting around for navigation and all of those things which are also really key now of course you can do some of that with be my eyes but some people prefer to do it with Ira because they've got the GPS locations and all that. So, yeah, there's lots of there's differences between you. You're not the same company. And I think that's important to say. There are similarities, though. And I would say, look, I want to I, I think I, I'm thankful that Ira exists. Right. And, you know, we've talked with Troy and many people at Ira and, and they're, you know, the service that they provide is valuable. And so, I, again, I want to thank them. That said, let's be honest. What is the future going to look like? It's probably a wearable that looks good, is lightweight, has fantastic real-time functionality to get you through your environment that is powered almost certainly by multiple AI systems. Uh I think that's where this has to go. Um, But but again, as as Hans said, I think Ira's model and even the existing BMI's volunteer model will always have a place because we as a society... I think many of us are going to have preferences for human interaction at times, even though, you know, there's this this huge charge to kind of AI everything right now. Yeah. And also, I think it's important to say, as I, I've often said on this show, it's about tools in the toolbox. You know, the great thing is you don't, you don't, you don't open up the Ira app and the Be My Eyes app deletes itself. You know, you can use both. That's right. Mm. But but I do want to point out that um, you say you, you can choose between Iowa and, and Be My Eyes, and that is because you, you live in England and you speak English. I mean, we, we, if you are uh, Italian or Japanese or Russian or whatever, uh, you don't have that choice. So, um, so and, and that's um, Be My Eyes is a truly, I mean, we, we can support you in 180 different languages, uh, and we have volunteers for all those languages. Is. Um, and and so so we can truly say that we support the uh, the, the global blind community, um, and, and that is uh, I think the, the biggest difference um, because those who can pay well uh, yeah th- those people will uh, always get <laughs> the help they need um, uh, but but we are here to support uh, also uh, the the other ones uh, the the. The ninety percent of the blind people in this world they live in in India and Africa and, and China, um, and and I mean they will most likely not have uh, that much money to uh, to buy uh, paid services. Um, so, so that's what we are really here for. Um, so. Do you know something, Hans? I'm so glad you said that. I'm really glad you said that because you know it's sometimes nice to check your privilege at the door, isn't it? And just say. Yeah, it's all right for me sitting here in the UK with the access to whatever I really, you know, to, within reason want. But not everybody has that. And this is where a service like Be My Eyes is incredible because it's free. Yes, of course, people in the West benefit from it. We all do. But there are many countries in the world that benefit from it in an arguably more meaningful way because they have nothing else. And I should also say Another thing we haven't even touched on yet is the availability of Be My Eyes on different devices because it's not just an iPhone, it's not just an Android. It's also on um, the Blanchard Classic 2, if I believe right. Is that right? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you're on a range of different devices, uh, which is also making it more accessible to more people. It just seems to me there's a heck of a lot of options out there. And it's just a really interesting time to be alive and to to see all these changes and and also to see, and I think this is the most important bit, it comes back to where I started, that AI being the next big thing, which it already is, and blind people being at the forefront of it. it and you guys it must be so excited to be amongst that. 
I can tell you, <laughs> uh, I was interviewed uh, last week uh, from a, a newspaper here in Denmark, uh, and the journalist was uh, very excited about uh, this uh, thing, and, and he really wanted to become a uh, beta tester. Um, and I said, if you're not blind, you can forget about it. Um, <laughs> and and it, was, um, it was just a... a amazing thing to be able to say that sentence <laughs> um, mm. and um and and so, so the fact that we we are in, in the forefront of this is uh is is really uh, amazing uh, that, that we uh, have this uh, position uh, not only as of course for for BMIs, but but uh, i believe for, for the whole blind community that, that this is really something that we we can benefit from and we are in the forefront of it and and what i expect this to grow into is i mean a lot of elderly people struggle to navigate their computers and and if we can put this uh, feature into a computer screen um uh, not only uh, blind people can benefit from it but everybody can can get a super easy uh, explanation and they can have a conversation with their computer about how to order uh, uh, something um and uh, and I, I'm sure this will uh, really change the way we are uh, interacting uh, with, with our uh, online life, uh, especially uh, shopping and, and, and so on, um, because this can really help uh, not only blind people, but everybody, I, I believe. Uh, Mike, I remember years ago presenting a, a, a training day for people who were in their 70s and 80s. And I was showing them different types of technology. And I remember putting on the desk a laptop that was turned on and ready to go and an iPad. And I remember everyone going to the iPad and getting all excited and using it, picking it up and touching it and realizing that they could interact with it in a different way. And when I asked, why didn't you use the laptop? They said, way too complicated. Don't have a clue. I'd probably break the thing. And I think we're having another moment like that with AI, mm. that people are now going to not pick up the... <laughs> the ipad anymore they're just going to go straight to a smart speaker or pick up a pair of glasses you know they're going to interact like han says interact with technology in a much simpler way but still get the same results you would get if you'd had you know like in my case a lenovo laptop sitting here with a keyboard and mouse right you, you don't you're not going to need that stuff in the future and people are going to be able to interact and get so much out of their devices and you know like we've been saying blind people will get the same experience a hundred percent the, I mean, think about it. it you, what is the new coding language? It's speech. Yes. What is the new tool to create a PowerPoint with a couple of plugins in OpenAI? It's speech, right? If, if you can interact with technology by talking to it and it works and, it, and you get it to do what you want to do by using your voice, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's conceptually mind-blowing to think about the impact of that. Um, as as an equalizer, as as a, a distribution of power that, frankly, I don't know that the world's ever seen before. Well, you guys are at the forefront of something huge, and you know I'm so glad you're there, and I'm so glad that such a wonderful company is involved in, in this because I think we're all going to benefit from it for sure, and I can't wait to test it out on the beta and also for everyone else to try it. In a few months' time, do come back on and tell us how you're getting on, and uh, we'll really look forward to hearing more about this in the future as this as this develops. And it just feels like we're probably months away, and we'll be there'll be robots taking over our lives, which is fine because <laughs> if, if we can get a robot that can just get to the shops and, and get me some KFC, I'd be okay with it. <laughs> um, really interesting guys as always, Mike uh, Buckley and uh, Hans Weiberg. Thank you so much for coming on to Double Tap today. Thank you for having us. Thanks very much, Stephen. And there you go, Mike and uh, Hans talking to us there. You know, just really interesting guys. And I, I'm so glad we were able to play that in again today because a lot of people got in touch with us as a result of that interview saying, hey, I'm going to try Be My Eyes again. A lot yep. of people had had the app, but weren't using it. And I have to say, I was, I was the same. I kind of stopped using it for a little bit because I was using Ira for a lot of things and kind of gone back to be my eyes now no I, absolutely i'm absolutely the same it's like what you said at the beginning there it seems like it's been around for ages i know i've always had it on my phone for the longest time um and i just sort of fell out of the habit of using it well actually i think the distinction is i use ira a lot for when for 
mobility reasons, mm. you know. And um, Ira is um, great for that, but Be My Eyes is great for around the house, what is this, and, and things like that. And the, the, the thing I love about it, apart from it being free, obviously, <laughs> is the amount of volunteers. I mean, just the sheer number alone. Every time I look at this app, the number seems to have just grown again and not just by you know a couple of hundred but hundreds of thousands or even millions i was listening back because someone asked me about be my eyes uh, and how to use it so i I showed them um i gave them a link to one of the sean of the sheds podcasts that i did on ira and be my eyes and listening back to it uh which wasn't that long ago start of the year maybe it still had grown since then almost a million new volunteers and i think when is this thing going to stop growing you know it's amazing up to 6.3 million now at last count yeah and that was that came that figure came direct from mike buckley who who gave me that number so you know that gives you a sense of the amount of volunteers obviously that's way more volunteers than users who are blind or partially sighted almost kind of represents society in itself in a way um (laughs) yeah that's a good point to even think of that yeah. yeah But it, but it is incredible, absolutely incredible. Uh, you know, it's interesting because when you think about what you would use Ira for, and I was talking a little bit about that in the interview, you know, I think about mobility, like you. I also think about um, private information, like I was saying. You know, again, that's that thing about, you know, being just cautious around what information you're giving, you know, over to a volunteer. And I think if this if, if this new virtual volunteer is able to be secure enough I think this could be really good for that kind of thing. You know, when you get that bill through, that credit card statement, and you want to get the total, you know, that kind of thing would be brilliant. But we have to learn to trust it. And you know, I love that Be My Eyes and, and Mike and, and Hans are being so open and saying, look, we just don't know yet. So don't do that. And yeah, I think that's, yes. just, that's great. I think that's just totally open, transparent. And that's, that's the kind of thing you want from a company like this. Uh, yep. Listen, we're out of time. It's been a lot of fun right. today, and uh, thank you for coming back on to talk about this today because, you know, it's just it's a great topic. Uh, we're back on Monday. We're going to be talking all about Amazon, and instead of talking about vision accessibility, we're going to talk about hearing accessibility uh, because a fantastic new feature has just been launched. We're going to talk all about that with Celine Lee from Amazon, who joins us on Monday. That's it for today, though. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Keep your feedback coming as well. Sean, thank you for whatever it is you do. <sighs> And uh, I always sound so dismissive. Never, never gets old that joke. Uh, No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Uh, Unlike yourself. Anyway, uh, thank you. Have a great weekend. Unbelievable. Bye. Bye -bye. (laughs) Love Double Tap. Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double. Double tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. <laughs>